Our dear Lord and Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord, for another evening, Lord, when we can come, Lord, and we can we can worship you, Lord, and sing your praises. And we pray, Lord, that you will tabernacle with us tonight, Lord. We pray, Lord, that the Holy Ghost will move in our free course, Lord, and take over in this tabernacle. We pray, Lord, that you'll encaptivate the hearts and the minds of your people, Lord. We pray, Lord, that you are the center, Lord, of our attention, that you will be glorified and exalted, Lord, and your people will hear what you have to say to them, Lord. Lord, we ask, Lord, that you would move and brood, Lord, among your people. We pray, Lord, that you will be glorified, Lord, and we pray, Lord, that you will be exalted. We ask it, Lord, in the name of the lovely Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm going to bring you on a wee bit of a journey tonight, and I'm going to bring you to a certain point on that journey, and it's a word that's been on my heart for a couple of weeks now, and it's a word from the Lord to his people, and we're in the Bronze Age, it's 3,300 years BC before Christ, and we're about Genesis 12 up until Genesis 17. And I'm going to give you a wee bit of a background into those chapters, very brief. And then we're going to get down to the main crux of the word. In Genesis chapter 12, the Lord tells Abram to go into the land that he will give him. He goes and takes Sarai, his wife, Lada's nephew, and others from Haran. God has told Abraham to go into the Canaan land and he goes to Bethel by the shores of the Dead Sea there was a famine then broke out in the land and so Abraham had to go to Egypt for food but when Abraham went to Egypt for food Abraham told Sarai his wife to say that she was his sister because she was a good looking woman And he knew that when the Egyptians saw her, that the Egyptians would want to take her as a wife, maybe even Pharaoh. So the the agreement was that Sarai, Abraham's, Abraham's wife, was really to be called his sister. They entered Egypt where they got food and sustenance, Lot, and some of the relatives and some of the others from Haran. And lo and behold, in Egypt, when they're there for sustenance and when they're there for food, Pharaoh sees Sarai and brings Sarai into his palace. Pharaoh takes Sarai to be his wife. But then because of the situation, the Lord brings plagues upon Pharaoh. And in Genesis chapter 13, When, when Abraham and Lot are in Egypt, they're given much wealth. And they're given much animals, and they're given much silver, and they're given much gold. And Pharaoh calls Abram, and he says, what have you done? He says, you told me this was your sister. You've lied to me. This is really your wife. And God has came 
And God has brought plagues upon me. And he says, Abram, get out. Get out of my sight. Take Lot, your nephew. Take your relatives and get out. And they leave. They leave. But they leave with great sustenance. They leave with silver and gold, much possessions and animals, cattle, sheep and goats. Pharaoh just wanted them out because of what had happened. And that's where we're at. That's the situation that we come to when we come to Genesis chapter 18. And Genesis chapter 18 is a chapter where Abraham is in his tent at Bethel with his wife, Sarah. And two men, three men come. Two angels and the Lord come to Abraham and they give him the covenant blessing. Genesis 17, I'm not going to go into this subject today. Genesis 17 and verse 19 says this. And God said, Sarah thy wife shall bear thee a son indeed, and thou shalt call his name Isaac. And I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant and with his seed after him. And then we move in to chapter 18. And these three men have finished speaking with Abraham. They've told him that his wife, Sarah is going to have a son, Isaac, and the covenant will be with Isaac. But then we move to chapter 18, and we go to verse 16. And this is where we're going to start, really to get into the word that the Lord has given to me. Let's start to read Genesis 18, start to read at verse 16. And the man rose up from thence after speaking with Abraham and after telling him, that Sarah was going to have a child called Isaac, and looked towards Sodom. And Abraham went with him to bring them on the way. So the three men have turned after speaking with Abraham, and their face now is towards Sodom. They're looking towards Sodom. And the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham that thing which I do? saying that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him through the covenant promise and through Isaac. For I know him, that he will command his children and his household after him, and they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment, that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he had spoken of him, and the Lord said, because the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and because of their sin is very grievous, I will go down now and see whether they have done all together according to the cry of it, which has come unto me. And if not, I will know. The three men rise up from speaking from Abraham. Their faces are towards Sodom and Gomorrah. And the Lord says, the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah is great. It's so great as come into my ears. And the Lord says, I will go down now, because Bethel was on the, the, 
east side. Then you had the Dead Sea. And then you had the plain of Jordan. So they're in battle. And the three men look down into the plain. And the Lord says, I will go down now to Sodom and Gomorrah. And I will see if the cry that has come into my ears is correct. So the three men go to Sodom and Gomorrah. They go down into the plain. I will go down now and see whether they have done altogether according to the cry of it, which has come unto me. And if not, I will know. And the men turned their faces from thence and went towards Sodom. But Abraham stood yet before the Lord. So the three men have got up, the two angels and the Lord, and they leave Bethel and they leave Abraham after speaking to him and they go down to the Jordan plain beside the Dead Sea to Sodom and Gomorrah and they say, they say we will go and we will see if the cry that has came to me is correct. Just to confirm the cry and the grievousness of the sin. But what about Sodom and Gomorrah? Let's talk about it for a wee while. Cities destroyed. Sodom, Gomorrah, Adma, Zebion, and Bala. Sodom and Gomorrah of the cities of the plain of Jordan are to the southeast shoreline of the Dead Sea. It was discovered in 1924 and was excavated in the 60s and in the 70s. Archaeologists found burned destruction. The city came to destruction by far. The area today is covered in human bone, skulls, and burnt pottery. The city cemetery was also consumed with half a million dead bodies in it. If you are an army and you are going to a city to destroy it, and the cemetery has half a million dead bodies in it, you're not going to attack the cemetery, but the cemetery was burned at the same time as the city. The cities were burned at the same time, all at the same time. The grave bones were warped, bended and warped because there was so much heat. The main excavator, the main excavator of Sodom and Gomorrah and the plain of Jordan and the cities was a man called Walter Rest. And he said this, the burnt debris covering the cities appeared in every area excavated. Every area that was excavated was the same. Bone, skull, burnt pottery, scorch, and ash. Whatever the cause it was, it was a tragedy. The cities suffered a severe fire and are abandoned right up until today, tonight. The plain of Sodom and Gomorrah, as we sit here in God's tabernacle tonight, is desolate. No one lives there and nothing grows. Nothing grows there. Nothing lives there. And this is a man 
who was a secular archaeologist. What does that mean? Well, he cared for nothing for religion or spiritual matters. This is what he said. It's hard to ignore what is staring you in the face. It's hard to ignore what is staring you in the face. In his conclusion, he said, we must conclude that the circumstances of these cities are reflected in the biblical accounts of Sodom and Gomorrah. He said that, and he's not even saved. He said that. He was there. He excavated the place. He's an archaeologist. He said it's hard to ignore what is stirring you right in the face. It's hard to ignore it. And right up to tonight, if you go to that plain in that area, no one lives there. Nothing grows there. It's desolate and it's ash. Verse 23, chapter 18. And Abraham drew near. So the three men are going down into Sodom and Gomorrah. The face is towards Sodom and Gomorrah. The cry has come into the ears of the Lord. And the Lord says, we will go down and see. We will see if the cry that has come into the ears is correct. And Abraham drew near and said, Wilt thou also destroy the righteous with the wicked? Abraham now stands in the breach. And Abraham starts to contend, if you like, with the Lord. Why is Abraham contending with the Lord now? Because Lot pitched his tent towards Sodom. Lot pitched his tent towards Sodom because there there was a dispute whenever Abraham and Lot came back out of Egypt. They had so much goods. They came back into the land and the herdsmen herdsmen had a dispute. There's not enough land for us with too much goods. What are we going to do? And Abraham stepped in and he sorted the situation out and he said, Lot, let's not have an argument, brother. Let's sort it out face to face. And he said, Lot, look up. And Lot looked up. And Abraham said to Lot, what do you want, Lot? And Lot looked down into the plain of Jordan. And he said, I'll go down there. I'll go down. And he pitched his tent towards Sodom. But Lot stayed in Canaan land. The promised land. That's where Abraham stayed and Lot pitched his tent. Now we have in verse 23, Abraham is, he's saying to the Lord, because he knows that Lot's there, and he says, and Abraham drew near and said, wilt thou also destroy the righteous with the wicked? He's starting to contend with the Lord because he knows what's coming. Because the Lord is going to go down and Sodom and Gomorrah and the plain is going to be judged. And verse 24, this is the way it goes now, peradventure or perhaps. Abraham says, perhaps 
there be 50 righteous within the city, Lord. Maybe there's 50. Will I also destroy and not spare the place for the 50 righteous that are therein? Maybe, Lord, there's 50. Will you spare it, Lord, for the 50 righteous? It goes on. That be far from thee to do after this manner, to slay the righteous with the wicked. Lord, don't slay the righteous with the wicked. Surely not, Lord. See, lots in his head, his nephew. Wilt thou also destroy and not spare the place for the fifty righteous that are therein? That be far from thee to do after these manner, to slay the righteous with the wicked, and that the righteous should be asked, the wicked, that be far from thee, shall not the judge of all the earth do right. And he says about the righteous who are far from him. You see, Lot was in a backslidden state. His nephew was in Sodom and Gomorrah. And now Abraham stands before the Lord. Can you see him? Standing before the Lord. Because Abraham knows what's coming for Sodom and Gomorrah. And he's standing in the breach. And he says, Lord, don't do it. If there be 50 righteous, Lord, don't do it. And he's thinking about his nephew. He's thinking about Lot. In verse 25, that be far from thee to do after this manner, to slay the righteous with the wicked, and that the righteous should be as the wicked, that be far from thee, shall not the judge of all the earth do right? And the Lord said, if I find in Sodom 50 righteous, the Lord says, okay, Abraham, if I find 50 righteous in Sodom and Gomorrah within the city, then I will spare all the place for their sex. He says, if I find 50 righteous, Abraham, he says, don't you worry. He says, I'll not do it. He says, I'll not do it. Verse 27, And Abraham answered and said, Behold, now I have taken upon me to speak unto the Lord, which am but dust and ashes. Abraham now has humility. He knows who he's before. He's before a thrice holy God. But he still stands before him and he says, I'm but dust and ashes. He says, Lord, I'm but dust and ashes. But please, Lord, don't do it, Lord. My nephew's there, Lord. Don't destroy the cities, Lord. He's gone down to Sodom and Gomorrah. He's far from you, Lord. And he keeps contending with the Lord and he's pleading with the Lord. Abraham's like the preacher. Abraham's like the prophet. And he's before the Lord and he's saying, Lord, don't do it. I know, I know they're lost. I know they're not saved. I know, I know my nephew's backslidden. Oh, but Lord, don't do it, Lord. Please don't go down and destroy it, Lord. And Abraham's pleading and pleading and pleading. And he says, Lord, I'm but dust and ash, Lord. But please, Lord, don't do it. He's pleading for the life of Lot, his nephew. Peradventure in verse 28, perhaps, Lord, he says, there shall lack five of the 50 righteous. Wilt thou destroy all the city of the lack of five? And he said, if I find there 40 and five, I will not destroy it. 
Now we're down to 40 and 5. And he spake unto him yet again and said, Perhaps, Lord, there shall be 40 found. And he said, I will not do it for 40's sake. He says, If I find 40 righteous, he says, I'll not destroy it. And he said unto him, Oh, let not the Lord be angry. Because Abraham knows now. Abraham knows. He's contending. And he doesn't want to weary the Lord and continually, continually come before him. And he says, And he spake unto him yet again and said, Peradventure there shall be forty found. And then in verse 30, And he said unto him, Oh, let not the Lord be angry. Don't be angry, Lord. I'm contending for my nephew. I'm but dust and ash. You're a thrice holy God. But please listen to me. And he said unto him, Oh, let not the Lord be angry. And I will speak. Perhaps, Lord, there shall be thirty found. And he said, I will not do it. If I find thirty. We're down to thirty. We're down to thirty. And he said, Behold, now I have taken upon me to speak unto the Lord. Perhaps there shall be twenty found, Lord. And he said, I will not destroy it for twenty's sake. We're scraping the barrel now, aren't we? Let's go to the next verse. And he said, Oh, let not the Lord be angry. He's still contending. Don't be angry with me, Lord. Oh, let not the Lord be angry, and I will speak yet but this once. Perhaps, Lord, ten. Perhaps, Lord, ten shall be found there. And he said, I will not destroy it for ten's sake. Do you know why Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed in all the cities? There was four. There was four. There was four. And you see those four? They were in a backslidden state. Do you know how many people lived in Sodom and Gomorrah? The reckon there was anything up to 1.5 million. And there was four backsliders. You think Ulster's bad? And it is. Sodom and Gomorrah was a hundred times worse. What's the population of Ulster? 1.8, 1.9 million. Thereabouts. There was 1.5 million in Sodom and Gomorrah. And the Lord found four backsliders. Four. That's why Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed on the plain. You couldn't even find ten. What a mess Sodom and Gomorrah was. What a state that area was at that time. Abraham pleading like the preacher and the prophet. Standing before God. I'm just dust, Lord. Dust I am and dust I will return to, Lord. I'm just dust. And he's pleading for Lot, his nephew. He's standing in the breach before a holy God. And he's pleading with the Lord, don't do it. Don't do it. Spur them, Lord. And they get down to ten. And the Lord says, aye, but there's only four. There's only four. 
what a sorry state that lamp was in. When you think about it, 1.5 million and all the Lord could find was four backsliders. Four backsliders. Chapter 18, let's move on. Let's start at verse 12. So Sodom and Gomorrah and the plain is going to be destroyed. And these verses of scripture, there's one in particular that I read. And it just popped out at me and I thought to myself, my goodness. My goodness. What a mess. Chapter 19, verse 12. Let's read it. And the man said unto Lot, these are the angels. Hast thou here any besides son-in-law and thy sons and thy daughters and whatsoever thou hast in the city, bring them out of this place. So they go to Lot and they say a Lot, this is going to be destroyed now. Gather yourself up, gather up your relatives and get out. Judgment's coming. Judgment's coming. Verse 13. For we will destroy this place because the cry of them is waxing great before the face of the Lord and the Lord hath sent us to destroy it. So there it is. The Lord went down with the two angels. Let's go down into the plain and let's see if the cry that has come into my ear, let's see if it's right. And it was. And the Lord said, wipe it out. Wipe it out. The cry is great. And the cry has come in to the ear of the Lord, whom Sodom and Gomorrah has abused and oppressed. And now the cry goes up that punishment must come and righteous judgment must come. And in verse 14, And Lot went out and spake unto his son-in-law. Now listen to this. And Lot went out and spake unto his sons-in-law, which married his daughters. He gave his daughters over to ungodly men. And said, Up, get you out of this place, for the Lord will destroy this city. But he seemed as one that mocked unto his sons. So Lot goes to his son-in-laws and he says, up and out. This place is going to be wiped out. And the sons-in-laws stood and mocked him and laughed at him and they went, you're mad. You're crazy, Lot. You've lost your plot. This isn't going to happen. And Lot says, you need to get out. The Lord's going to destroy the plain all the cities are going to be wiped out. And they mocked him. And they laughed at him. And today you preach the gospel. On the streets. Here behind this pulpit. And you preach of judgment. And you're mocked and you're laughed at. The same thing. But I'm telling you now. The world's winding up. And the Lord's coming back. That's the word from the Lord. The world's winding up. The cry has went up to the Lord into his ears. And we need to realize this. The cry has went up into the Lord's ears and it's waxing great and it's grievous 
And the Lord is saying enough. Judgment is coming upon Ulster. Judgment is coming upon Ulster. Enough no more. I'm now going to step in. And I'm going to judge. The mocking's over. The mocking's over. God is about to judge. The day of having a laugh will end. There will be no laughter. There will be no mocking. God is going to judge Ulster. The cry is grievous. It is waxing great. And the Lord is going to judge. He's had enough. He's had enough. And when the morning arose, verse 15, then the angels hastened Lot. Listen to this. This is the verse that really got me. What a stinking mess. Four backsliders and a population of about 1.5 million. Listen to this. And when the morning arose, then the angels hastened Lot. Come on, Lot. What are you doing? Saying, Arise, take thy wife. So Lot and his wife and his two daughters, four, which are here, lest thou be consumed in the iniquity of the city. They say, Lot, come on, what are you doing? Are you sorted out yet? Get out. Out, Lot, out. Your wife, your two daughters, get out. Now. Judgment's coming. And while he lingered, my word, my word, Lot is standing beside two angels. Two angels standing beside Lot. And they're telling him, Lot, you better get out. Take your wife and your two daughters and run. This place is going to be consumed. And while he lingered, he lingered. Oh, will I go or will I not? I've got so much riches here. I've got the bright city lights. I've so much money and all my friends. Oh, and I've got so much goods. And Lot lingers, imagine. He's lingering beside two angels. They just told him, get out, Lot, now. And he lingers. How many believers, how many backsliders are lingering in the world tonight? They're sitting in the pub or the nightclub or their feet up at the fire watching Carnation Street and it's the Lord's day. It's the Lord's day. And the Lord shed his precious blood and he washed them from their sins and he made them kings and priests unto God. And he intercedes for them at the right hand of the Father. But they're sipping at the bar stool. You never win a soul for Christ with a Guinness in your hand. You can forget it. Would you rather have a paint or a soul? Would you rather have a paint or a soul? What do you mean? Well, you're God's mouth on earth. You're his hands and his feet. You're to present yourself as a living sacrifice. 
And somebody who's maybe been, the Lord speaking to them. And they walk past you and you're sipping the paint. You're having a real good paint. And they go, well, I don't need to be saved or I can be saved and I can be exactly like you. Because you say that you're saved, but you're under the lash. That's one thing that gets my goat. It gets my goat. Stop doing it. And wise up. Is that all the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ is to you? Is that all it means? And when the morning arose, then the angels hastened Lot, saying, Arise, take thy wife and thy two daughters, which are here, lest thou be consumed in the iniquity of the city. And while he lingered, the men laid hold upon his hands. The two angels grab him. And they say, Lot, get out, Lot. They have to grab him now by the hand. They have to literally, physically grab him. And they have to throw him out. Get out, Lot. Take your wife. Take your daughters and leave. Lot had to be thrown out of Sodom and Gomorrah. Literally. How many of God's people are going to have to be taken out of the world and ripped out of it? Get out. The Lord takes the rod and he says, get out. It's going to take a lot of it. It's going to take a lot of it. And while he lingered, the man laid hold upon his hand and upon the hand of his wife and upon the hand of his two daughters and being merciful, the mercy of God. You say, that's not so merciful. Well, Lot wasn't listening. So he had to be threw out. I would rather be threw out, but I'm not listening. And it'd be right. And it was the mercy of God, merciful unto him. And they brought him forth and sat him without the city. Merciful unto Lot. And it came to pass when they had brought him them forth abroad that he said, Escape for thy life. Escape for thy life tonight. If you're here tonight and you're not saved, you're watching online. You need to escape for your life because Jesus is coming. Run for your life. Where am I going to run to? Run to Calvary. Run to the cross where the blood is still there. The blood still flows and you can be saved. You need to run for your life tonight. If you're a backslider, you need to get back on fire. If you're stuck in the world, Get out of the world because when Jesus comes back, he's going to throw you out. He'll throw you out. If you're really saved, he'll take you and he'll chuck you out. He'll say, get out. Get out. Like a father chastises and a child, get out. What a mess that would be when you're saved and you're meant to be serving. And you're stuck in the world and you're no good to anybody. And the Lord comes along and says, get out. Look at the state of you. Get out. Like a father speaking to a child. 
And it came to pass when they had brought them forth abroad that he said, Escape for thy life. Look not behind thee, neither say, Stay thou in all the plain. Don't stay in all the plain either, because it's going to be wiped out too. Escape to the mountain, lest thou be consumed. And Lot said unto them, O not so, Lord. Behold, now thy servant hath found grace in thy sight, and thou hast magnified thy mercy. So now Lot recognizes the mercy of God, but he's still not doing what he's told. Which thou hast showed unto me in saving my life, and I cannot escape to the mountain, lest some evil take me and I die. Behold, now this city is near to flee into, and it is a little one. Oh, let me escape thither. Is it not a little one? And my soul shall live. And he said unto him, See, I have accepted thee concerning this thing. More mercy. Okay, Lot. You can go to the city. And he said unto him, See, I have accepted thee concerning this thing. Also that I will not overthrow this city. For the which thou hast spoken. Haste thee, escape thither. For I cannot do anything till thou come thither. Can't destroy the plain lot until you're gone. Therefore the name of the city was called Zoar. Zoar means sanctuary. And it means refuge. Can you see the mercy of God? He takes backslidden lot. And his wife, which turned into a pillar of salt, because she looked back. And the two daughters contends with them. Abraham contends with the Lord, like the preacher and like the prophet. Now, there's only four but Abraham. But anyway, in his mercy, God sends the two angels and says, Lot, come on, you need to go. Tells him what's going to happen. Lot lingers. More mercy. Grabs him and throws them out. More mercy goes to Zor. And Zor is the refuge. Run from the judgment to come. Flee from the judgment to come. Where do I go, Glenn? I'm not saved. This world's a mess. What am I going to do? There's mercy at the feet of the lovely Lord Jesus Christ. There's not much mercy in this world anymore, is there? No. Christians are used as speed robs. You know, we all fall and we all make mistakes. If your brother or your sister is struggling and you see them struggling, do you know, do you know what you're here for doing? Show mercy and the love of God. Go and gather them up and say, come on, how can I help you? What can I do for you? Show the love of Jesus. And show the mercy of Jesus. Verse 24 and verse 25. Then Lot runs till his refuge and judgment comes. Lot runs. And your refuge is Christ. Run to Zohar. Run to your refuge. Run to Jesus. Because judgment comes in verse 24. Then the Lord rained upon Sodom and upon Gomorrah brimstone. And far from the Lord out of heaven. And he overthrew those cities. There was an overthrow. They were completely and utterly destroyed. 
they were reduced to ash. Still there today. That area of the land is actually a different color than the rest because it's ash. It's skull, bone, burnt pottery, the racket. In that area in Jordan, there's five million bodies. It's a mass graveyard. Five million bodies in that plain. Verse 25. And he overthrew those cities and all the plain and all the inhabitants of the cities and that which grew upon the ground, just like it is today. The Bible's factually true. Even the excavators and the archaeologists had to admit it. Something catastrophic happened here. Something's happened here. And the only way they could explain it was through the scriptures from Genesis. But let's go back to verse 24 because I started to think about this brimstone. This fire and this brimstone. What, What about this fire? What about this brimstone? It says in verse 24 of chapter 18, Then the Lord rained upon Sodom and Gomorrah brimstone and fire from the Lord out of heaven. Now, we can, we can skip over that, but it's raining tonight. And whenever it rains, it's wee tiny wee droplets, isn't it? And it's raining. But it rained here, the same as it's raining tonight, only this was fire and brimstone. But there was as much fire and brimstone as there is water droplets. Think about that for a start. You can go to the museum by the Dead Sea today and they have brimstone in the museum and some of the brimstone is the size of your fist. It's there in the museum. You can go and look. And you'll find these over there in the plain as well. They're scattered all over the plain, the brimstone. You can go and see. It's there. And mostly the brimstone is it's kept by water, moisture, sulfur. I started thinking about this. The Lord said to go to look at the brimstone. So I went and looked at the brimstone. And I started studying the brimstone that fell at Sodom and Gomorrah. And the color of that land, it was reduced to ash. So first of all, let's think about the land today. It's, it's ash. It's complete ash. It's desolate. Let's go to Second Peter. Second Peter. I'm just going to bring out a few verses of Scripture. You don't have to turn to them. They'll drop on the, on the overhead. Second Peter uh, chapter 6. Let's see what it says. And turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes. That's, that's today. That's now. Into ashes, condemn them with an overthrow, just like in Genesis, making them an ensample unto those that after should live ungodly. So Sodom and Gomorrah today, like it says in the scripture here now, is ash. No one lives there, no one grows there. 
because it's an ensemble. So we have an ensemble on planet Earth that when you walk by and somebody says, what happened here? Oh, the Lord destroyed that because of sin. It's there today. Let's go on with some more scripture. Jude, verse 7. Jude, verse 7. Let's see what it says. Even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh. Now, what is strange flesh? Strange flesh is homosexuality. Now, I know that there's many different types of sin. There's many different types of sin. But this, this is one sin today that seems to be uh, God is love, and God loves you just the way you are, and you're going to be all right, and you can be a homosexual, and, and you can still go to heaven. Rubbish. You can't. Because this verse says this, Even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh, homosexuality, are set forth for an example. So if homosexuality is okay, and it's all good, and Jesus loves you, and you can be a homosexual, it doesn't really matter, everything's fine, I have a question. Suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Why did Jesus destroy Sodom and Gomorrah? Why? It would take a while to answer that one. Deuteronomy 29. Deuteronomy 29. Let's see what the Bible says. Verse 23. And that the whole land thereof is brimstone and salt and burning. That's today. That's today. That's the way it is. That it is not sown, nor birth, nor any grass groweth therein. That is now, today. Like the overthrow of Sodom and Gomorrah, Adma and Zeboim, which the Lord overthrew in his anger and in his wrath. That explains the plain of Sodom and Gomorrah to a T today. That's what it's like. Jeremiah 49. Jeremiah 49. On verse 18. As in the overthrow of Sodom and Gomorrah, and the neighboring the near cities thereof, saith the Lord, no man shall abide there. That is today. No man abides there. Nobody. Neither shall a son of man dwell in it. Those verses of scripture that I have just read describe Sodom and Gomorrah in 2023 tonight. You see, it's an ensemble. Here's your example. This is what happens when the Lord has had enough and the cry of the sin is waxing great. What happened here? Oh, the Lord came, sent two angels. The Lord sent two angels and he wiped the place out. That's what happened. Why is there so much ash? 
Uh, that's from all the dead bodies of the fire of the brimstone. What's these bones? Uh, that's the skulls and the bones of dead, dead, dead people. What's this here? That's the scorched pottery. What's this here? Well, that's the brimstone. You can go and lift it yourself. That's the sulfur balls. What's this here? Oh, that's one of the sulfur balls that God sent from heaven. It's there tonight. It's an ensemble. Go and look at it. You see, as the archaeologist said, it's hard to deny what's staring you in the face. And he's not saved. And it's hard tonight to deny what's staring you in the face, sinner. And you're not saved. You can't deny it tonight. You're not saved. You need saved. You're in this tabernacle tonight by divine appointment. You're an appointment with the lovely Lord Jesus Christ and you're lost. Is in this tabernacle tonight. Jesus wants to meet you. Jesus is calling upon you by his Holy Spirit and he's saying judgment is coming but run to Zoar. Because there's mercy with the Lord. There's mercy with the Lord. I started to think about this. I couldn't get, get my head around this. There was a, an attraction to this fire and brimstone, this sulfur. And I started to study it. And there's no volcanoes in in that area. So the sulfur couldn't have came from a volcano. But anyway, the sulfur out of a volcano is about 40. The brimstone's about 40, 50% sulfur. So because the, the sulfur, the brimstone that, that rained from heaven is 100% pure sulfur. So that, that, that's out. The sulfur that fell from heaven is pure white. Some of the sulfur balls, the brimstone balls, were the size of your fist. Pure sulfur, pure white. And I says, Lord, you're amazing. You're amazing, Lord. And my inner started to well up. Those sulfur balls that fell from heaven are speaking of the lovely Lord Jesus Christ the pure, spotless, sinless Son of God. Those sulfur balls, that brimstone was pure white. That brimstone was pure white. But there's more. When you light those white balls, it burns blue. (laughs) When you light those white pure balls they burn blue blue speaks of the heavens and the spotless sinless lovely Lord Jesus Christ came down from the heavens upon the earth the fire speaks of the presence of God can you see it the fire speaks of the presence of God Those sulfur balls, whenever you light those sulfur balls, they run red. 
they run red. <laughs> and I thought, Lord, you're amazing. The spotless Son of God came down from heaven. That's the white. Heaven represented by the blue. The fire represents the presence of God. And the sulfur balls ran red, his lovely blood. There's mercy. There's mercy for the, with the lovely Lord Jesus Christ. But it also says, if you reject him, there's judgment. There's judgment. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 29. Don't have to look it up. It says, For our God is a consuming fire. There's mercy for you tonight. There was mercy for me. Look, I'm just a messenger. That's all I am. The Lord gives me a word and I I preach it. That's it. I, I have to preach it. I preach what the Lord says, tells me to do. I'm just dust and ash. Dust thy heart, dust thy shalt return. Like Abraham said. I'm just a messenger. If you're here tonight in this tabernacle, there's mercy for you. There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins and sinners plunged beneath that flood. Lose all the guilty stains. I plunged. I said, Lord, I'm a sinner. I cried my eyes out. I was in a cold sweat. And I cried for the Lord to save me, and he did. There's mercy. But I have to tell you tonight as well, because I love you, that I, I love your soul. There's judgment. And judgment is coming upon Ulster. You need to get ready. Brother and sister, grab your sons and grab your daughters. Literally. Like the angels did. You need to get out. You need to get saved. Jesus is coming back. Grab them. The angels grab Lot. He wouldn't listen. Grab them. Shake them. And I know we can't cause an anxious thought. And I know it's the Holy Ghost that saves. Grab them anyway. Give them a shake. Say, do you realize the peril that you're in? A blind man on a galloping horse can see the state of this world. Ulster's a mess. Your loved ones need saved. An example of God's judgment but also an example of the love of God to rescue the backslider and to save the lost. That's what Sodom and Gomorrah is a picture of. Revelation chapter 20, nearly finished. Revelation 20.
sort of verse 9. And they went up on the breadth of the earth and compassed the camp of the saints about and the beloved city and fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone. You see, Sodom and Gomorrah is a foreshadow of the lake of fire. And it says in Scripture that Abraham looked down on the plain from Bethel. You see, Abraham was saved. And he pleaded for Lot. And Lot was saved as well. With his two daughters, his wife turns into a pillar of salt. But can you see Abraham? He's up in Bethel and he's looking down upon the plain. And what a catastrophic image that must have been. And he's wondering, did Lot get out? Oh, did Lot get out? What about his daughters? What about his wife? Were they saved? Sodom and Gomorrah is a picture of the lake of fire. A foreshadow of things to come. Abraham, the prophet and the preacher, standing, pleading for souls. And the Lord and his mercy sends in the angels before everything is destroyed. Luke 17, just a few more verses and then we're done. There's a real silence across this tabernacle. There's a real silence right across this tabernacle and the Lord is speaking. You can hear a pin drop. You know when the Holy Ghost is moving. And you know when the Holy Ghost is speaking. Luke 17 and verse 28. Just a few verses. Likewise also as it was in the days of Lot. They did eat, and they drank, and they bought, and they sold, they planted, and they builded. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, the very same day, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven, and destroyed them all. Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. In that day, he which shall be upon the housetop, and his stuff in the house, let him not come down to take it away. And he that is in the field, let him likewise not return. You see, when you're, you're in the rooftop, you're in the field, you're at your workplace, and the Lord comes back out. Time to go. The Lord's not coming back to be crucified again. People look for signs and wonders these days. You had your sign and you had your wonder. God hung on a cross. You show me a greater sign than that. And you show me a greater wonder than that. God hanging on a cross. Show me. 
There isn't one and there never will be. He's not coming back to be crucified. He's not coming back to be crucified. Matthew chapter 10. Matthew 10 and verse 15. Verily I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than that city. What's that speaking of? Jesus is speaking of Capernaum, his hometown. And he said, you Christ rejectors. You see the miracles. He says, I lived here with you. You saw me and you heard my words. And you still reject me. It will be more tolerable for Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than it will be for you. Because you had the gospel. You all heard the gospel. Not only that, you saw miracles. You touched me. You walked with me. You were with me. And you still rejected me. It will be more tolerable for Sodom and Gomorrah than Ulster. Do you hear it? It will be more tolerable for Sodom and Gomorrah than Ulster. Because Ulster has been steeped in the gospel. And the people have rejected the gospel. Therefore, rejecting Christ and judgment is coming. It will be more tolerable for Sodom and Gomorrah than Ulster. Jesus has had enough. The mocking's over. The mocking's over. Matthew 11. 23 and 24. And thou Capernaum, which art exalted unto heaven, speaking of Capernaum's hometown, shall be brought down to hell. For if the mighty works which have been done in thee had been done in Sodom, it would have remained until this day. But I say unto you that it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom in the day of judgment than for you. That's the scripture, speaking of Capernaum. More tolerable for Sodom and Gomorrah than for you. You were with me, you seen it all. You seen the miracles. You walked with me, you touched me. You heard the word and you still rejected it. Better you were in Sodom and Gomorrah than here. You see, with greater revelation comes greater accountability. And greater condemnation for unbelief. But Capernaum was Jesus' hometown. And the many works that Jesus did in that hometown, the miracles and the lovely words that Jesus would have spoken, and still yet... Rejection. And still yet rejection. 
Are you here tonight? And you don't know the lovely Lord Jesus Christ. He's here to meet with you tonight. He's here and you can be saved. Run to Calvary and run to the cross. You can be saved tonight. You can meet him as your saviour. Or you can meet him as your judge. The choice is yours. You choose. You choose. Solomon Gomorrah is the leg of fire. Abraham, the preacher and the prophet. The angels sent for mercy upon Lot, his wife and his two daughters. The brimstone that fell, the white is Jesus. The blue fell from heaven. And the red is lovely, precious, shed blood. You can be saved. You can meet him as your saviour tonight or you can meet him as your judge. You will meet him. You will meet him. You'll meet him when you die and your your body goes to the grave. You'll meet him. Or if you're still alive when he appears, you'll, you'll meet him. You will meet the Lord. But how? How will you meet him? Your saviour, your judge. You're saved. Will you meet him serving or have to be thrown out of the world? Will he have to take you and just chuck you out? That's a word that's been on my heart for a couple of weeks and The Lord has called me to preach the gospel, preach his word. Why? Well, I don't really know, to be honest. I don't really know. I just do what I'm told. But listen, please. If you're not saved... You need to get saved. You need to meet Jesus tonight. Because this is the word from the Lord that he gave me. And the Lord says, the laughing's over. He's had enough and judgment is coming. You need to meet with the Lord tonight. You're watching online. Contact somebody, contact the church. You need saved. Don't leave here tonight. Put this matter right. You don't have to see me. There's plenty of people in this tabernacle. Men and women who love the Lord, who could lead you to the Lord. You can see Billy here, Andrew. And there's many people here who could lead you to the Lord. You don't have to see me. I'm just, I'm just bringing the message. Amen. God bless.